Welcome to Cool Takes, the story screen podcast where we see older movies and tackle our backlogs. Uh, my name is Robbie Anderson. I'm hosting Cool Takes today, and I'm joined by Diana Jamiro. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? Yeah, and I'm I'm excited because this is the first time you saw this movie. It's true. So that's that's the deal with Cool Takes. At least one of the members of of doing these episodes has not seen the movie. Um, and it's an older flick, but, uh, we're doing Ferris Bueller's Day Off today. Yeah, quite the classic for many people. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's, we were kind of talking about it the other day, uh, how I I was like, I think this movie's probably been, I probably have seen this movie through osmosis. Yeah, totally. Just like through pop culture, and, uh, that is true to a certain extent, but there are still, like, Something it, it's it's really it, the spiciest take I have on it, or the coolest spicy take is, uh, <laughs> is this movie rocks. It's mad good. <laughs> I, I can see why people really dug it forever. Yeah, it's a weird one because um, so it came out in '86, mm-hmm. and it is a John Hughes movie. So it's directed yeah. by John Hughes, and he hasn't directed that many movies in the grand scheme of things, but he's written a ton of. Scripts. Yeah, he wrote like Home Alone and stuff too. Right, right. Yeah, so he he directed Planes, Trains, Automobiles. He mm-hmm. directed like Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, Weird Science, Ferris. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones he directed. Uncle Buck is like one of my all time faves. Um, and he's written a ton of stuff. So mm-hmm. he was like very popular in the '80s, and he set a lot of his movies in these like suburbs of chicago so mm-hmm. that they're the setting for like a ton of these movies and uh, i feel like he has he has quite the the style like he, yeah. he's very good at just like feel good whimsy totally uh and he also has a taste for like strange contraptions definitely like, <laughs> that's a, that's something that i i guess i can i can now say i've noticed in a few of his movies so what other um what what other movies are you thinking of that you've seen that you think maybe he's either written or directed i was trying well, to look I'm, through his I'm, imdb a little i'm looking bit. at his imdb he's um, written so many so yeah definitely home alone yeah home alone uh i haven't seen breakfast club that's that's one you should check out at some point i'd like to um even if you don't love it it's just like it's another one that gets referenced and and definitely like Resampled and remade in various ways over the years. Yeah. So I feel like you would recognize some stuff from that for sure. Uh, I've seen Home Alone. I I probably have seen Beethoven. That probably was on the TV when I was a child. Flubber. I've seen Flubber. I really liked Flubber. He's I remember seeing Flubber. Man, I remember he's seeing Flubber so in the theaters. Stuff. Yeah, he wrote. He wrote so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember There's as a, a PS2 kid, Home Alone game. Yeah, I didn't even realize Weird. that. I definitely I love Uncle Buck. <laughs> yeah, um, he wrote you know National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. He's, mm-hmm. written, he's written some good stuff. 
Um, another badass one that I like that he wrote but didn't direct is Pretty in Pink. Yeah. And Some Kind of Wonderful where Mary Stuart Masterson is like this like babe with short hair and she plays the drums. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I didn't know that uh, John Hughes died. Yeah, also. that was something I had to find out. Uh, I was watching the movie. I'm like, oh, what has he done recently? I was like, fucking nothing. Yeah, he died in 2009. So he yeah. was kind of like died like a young dad age. He wasn't that old. He was like, he was like 50 something, right? Yeah, he was yeah. like late 50s, I think. So that's that shit that scares me. So many like men die from heart problems in their yeah. 50s, and I'm like, I don't want to be that one. I don't want to do that. I know. I remember when that actually came out in the news that was like one that i was legit sad about because you were right. sort of like wow he's a he's a big storyteller like it's a particular yeah. type of story but he's definitely mm-hmm. had his hand in a lot of stuff um so now that you've seen it you mentioned like you thought you had seen some of this just <laughs> through osmosis i was like what yeah. kind of um what kind of pop culture stuff were you like, oh, that's from this movie? Like, did anything stand you out? Know, like, there's that band Save Ferris, and I'm always, I always think of that because it's like on everything. There's a, there's like a scene where he, the scene towards the end where he's hopping over the fence, right? Uh, that was in, I think, a bunch of stuff, but Family Guy does a good spoof oh, on that one. Totally. You know, Family Guy fucking sucks, but like <laughs> that, that's that, that was a good goof that they did at the time, um, and. There wasn't like a there wasn't like a ton of things. I feel like a lot of like tone right. bits of it, like the, yeah. the vibe of it. I've I feel like I've seen before. I definitely feel um, like John Hughes has like a very good track record too for his music directors. Like for what music he uses in the films, those are usually things that stand out for me. Like when I think of certain movies, you think of like certain songs yeah. and like that, like you know that like. Like that, that, that one is like, oh, that's Ferris Bueller. Okay. (laughs) That's funny. Cause like, I, like for me, that song's associated with like other things, but I, you know, as I was watching this, I was just like, there's so many people who like have loved this movie for a few decades now. Totally. uh, I do feel like I kind of missed the boat a little bit. I know. I told, I told uh, Mike when I was rewatching it, um, my cousin Lauren, who's a couple years older than me, but not too many, Mm -hmm. two or three years older than me. And, um, I think almost every time I went to their house to hang out, we watched either this movie or Better Off Dead. So yeah. <laughs> we watched like these and maybe Pretty in Pink, but we watched Ferris Bueller so much that it just kind of like the dialogue would work its way into our conversation because we just would reference it all the time. I mean, there's really good one-liners. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's all good. It, and you know, I never really knew... What the story of Ferris Bueller's Day right. Off? Like, obviously, there's not a I know. whole hell of a lot of a story, really. It's well, just, I mean, like, there, he there just is skipped kinda. school. Yeah, kind of. Just skipped school. I mean, that's like, and that's like what I knew. <laughs> that's like the loose story. Just like, he's yeah. he's skipping school, right? Um, I didn't even know that was him, like pretending to be sick, and that was like kind of a part of the elaborate ruse of it. I know. I love the uh, the keyboard setup with all the sick sounds. All the machines, <laughs> like the dummy, the everything, all that stuff is yeah, really, with like his really uh, cool. his trophy on a string that's weighing the yep. door, and like uh, that's yeah. all very good. It's very very funny. But uh, um, I thought it was interesting that like the plot shifts towards being like it's it's about like graduating and letting go and kind yeah, of having like one about, last hurrah about your friends and mm-hmm. yeah like and then also that like you know Cameron's like a super like sad character I know like, I wanted to ask you about that yeah so, yeah so I was the, like that's like a hint of darkness I didn't quite see there and I feel like. 
that's probably more of a nod to John Hughes because John Hughes like wrote a lot of really humorous stuff, but apparently was pretty depressed at various points in his life. And that was sort of like, yeah, writing was like cathartic for him. Um, so yes, yeah, so you've got Ferris Bueller, you've got Matthew Broderick, you've got um, Cameron is Alan Ruck, and he I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard he's really good. He's on Succession on HBO right now. I saw that he was on that. He's done, yeah. like, a ton of TV. Like, he was on, like, Spin City with Michael J. Fox for, like, a million mm-hmm. years. And then um, Mia Sarah is Ferris's girlfriend, Sloane. And I don't really know her from too much, but I another 80s movie. I don't movie. think she's done a ton of stuff. Have you ever seen Legend? Because she's the, like, no. she's the main character opposite Tom Cruise in the 1985 movie Legend, where Tim Curry oh. plays this, like devil beast thing and it's like that sounds that sounds great there's unicorns (laughs) and like tom Mm -hmm. cruise is sort of like peter pan he's sort of like a puck type character you should watch that it's some trippy shit though that sounds like trippy um and the music is like super 80s tangerine dream or something like that i forget who did Mm -hmm. the music i have to look it up um get into that ferris's sisters jennifer gray so dirty dancing yeah, she's fun. Uh, um, the Charlie Sheen cameo. I know, I love. As well. I love the I cameos. Like, is that, I was like, is that Charlie Sheen? It's like drugs. Are you? Yeah. Are you here for drugs? <laughs> I didn't like quite. I was just like, oh, they're smooching now. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm fine with it. It put her in a good mood. It did put her in a good. <laughs> it mood. It made her she forgive her smooches. brother. <laughs> That's true. She was just like, maybe you, you dastardly dudes aren't yeah. so bad. Yeah, and then. Um, have you ever seen the show Win Ben Stein's Money? No. So the teacher, the one that's like in the beginning of the movie, that's like Bueller, Bueller. Mm-hmm. That's Ben Stein. And he was like a lawyer and a real economist. And he wrote like speeches for like a couple of presidents and stuff like that. But then like. Is he also the dude who does like the, I might sound stupid. Is he the guy who does the commercials for like the red eye? Like, yeah, I think the so. Eye drop thing? Is that him? Yeah, okay. I think so. Cause like, he has like that voice. Well, he's like it later on in life decided to get into acting, which is really funny. Cause he's very yeah. dry. So like, I love those cameos and, uh, I love Ed Rooney, the principal. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, the best. He's, he's hilarious. So that's, that's, um, <laughs> Jeffrey Jones. Mm-hmm. And like the movie that always stands out for me is he's the dad on Beetlejuice, but he's oh, okay. he's been in a ton of stuff. Like he's on like Deadwood, and he was in like Howard the Duck and Mom and Dad Save the World, and like tons of funny, silly, weird shit. Yeah, he's done a lot of voice acting. As yeah, well. yeah. I feel like <laughs> uh, yeah, there's so many good exchanges between him and his his assistant. Like when she, yeah, she's really good too. Yeah, she's just like pulling all the pencils out of her hair. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, you sounded like Dirty Harry back there. He does the, the squint. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. But uh, yeah, I know. So Matthew Broderick went on to make like so much shit after mm-hmm. this movie. And I, I'm he definitely, you know, like he had just started to be in a few things right. before Ferris Bueller. But I feel like this is the thing that like really launched his career. Mm-hmm. And I had read that um, him and the actor that played Cameron were friends already and that they had been in like a play together. So that's how Cameron ended up getting cast because Cameron's in real life is, I guess, five or six years older than Matthew Broderick. So they were worried he looked too old. But I actually think they they, they kind of look like kids. I think they look look the same age. I mean, I think a lot lot of the times like... 
I think the worst offender of people being too old for the roles they're in is like uh, Tobey Maguire in the first Spider-Man oh, movie. Oh, shit, yeah. Where he has like five o'clock shadow. He looks like middle-aged like, man. Yeah, it's like high school's really hard. It's like, dude, you are a giant <laughs> I know. I know. Man. When they redid <laughs> Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield wasn't even that young, but I was like, he definitely it's, at least looks younger. Better. <laughs> yeah, it's better, but it's not like that much better and they even like you know they give him like a skateboard in that one he's like hey fellow kids yeah I'm cool <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. but uh so what did you think of you enjoyed the movie that's mm-hmm. your that's your warm take on it i love it I what, it was great what did you think of the actual characters like do you think you identify more with cameron or with ferris um, you know, you want to be a Ferris, but I wouldn't say I'm a Ferris. I would say um, I'm more if, of a Cameron. Was, yeah, I think, you know. <laughs> At least in high school. A, if it's a binary choice, yeah. uh, then it's, it's a Cameron I would say well. in, in high school. Maybe not now. Maybe now you oh, and I are school? both more like a Ferris, but in high I'd school, like so. I was probably more of a Cameron. I was probably afraid my dad or my mom were going to kill me all the time. <laughs> I was definitely afraid of my dad. Uh, I don't think he had anything so treasured I could destroy or steal, though. So no, that is true. That is so. That's like a, yeah. a different twist. His house is so cool. Also, I know that house in the woods. His house is so cool. I'm like, it's like the ex machina house. I'm it like, is I very much like that. It's like yeah. all glass. Yeah, I love. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I love when he's just like. I'm dying. And then Ferris calls him back and is like, you're not dying. You just can't think of anything good to do. (laughs) I feel like, um, I think a lot of the characters, I think the characters are really good, but I think that like the, the writing, like them off the page, like honestly, like seems kind of thin, but it's the performances that are really, like really good. Like Matthew Broderick, like, just like his inflections and his like face movements, right? And, like his his mouth is like a whole other character in the movie. <laughs> That's and I true. Feel like it's like those things like really make Ferris Bueller Ferris Bueller. It's not so much like words off the page yeah. as much. Um, I love his, and that probably comes down to direction as well. That's true. I love his ability. That might also be because he like had a background doing theater for a bunch of years, and he probably had it. to be like a little bit more expressive when you're doing theater. Mm-hmm. Um. But I definitely think that, uh, like, I love all the sequences of him with the parents versus him with They're his friends. So, They're so yeah, funny. Well, like him, him being like sick and sick. cute. Yeah, and like everything yeah, he's yeah, doing yeah. with his mouth. I love and he you does, too. Like, the, the you know, yeah, yeah he's, it's just like it's so, so good. good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's I love all funny. the like back and forth. He's definitely his character is definitely a little bit of a dick. Um, sometimes, at least in the beginning, he's an asshole. He's, I mean, like he's, he's kind just of, kind of he's pushy. Just kind of pushy. Yeah, he's, he's pushy. kind of pushy. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. And you know, he he means well. He has the best intentions, for right? The most part. I feel like by right. the end of the movie, he's sobered up a little bit when he realizes that he's kind of screwed Cameron over, and Cameron's gonna get in big trouble with his dad. But then, yeah, but that seems to be the best thing for Cameron. Yeah, it's like know? the catalyst to be like, okay, yeah. you're gonna confront your dado. Yeah. I really thought by the end of the movie, uh, Ferris, it was going to end with like, it's going to be the next day and Ferris is like actually sick. And he's like, oh no, that <laughs> like boy who cried wolf kind of. Yeah. But uh, no, they really make his character like, no, he's just good at everything. I know. He's just good at everything well, and can do anything. I just, I, I like, I love the, um, you know, like the school secretary describing it and then just seeing it throughout where she's like, 
everyone likes him. They're like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, they all think he's a righteous dude, you know. He's and the then, best. And it's really funny to like see all the different types of people having like Save Ferris written on their binder, and then like the, mm-hmm. the police department and like all the flowers in the house at the end. Like, it's a crazy. It's a it's a weird movie in the sense that like it's it's not really structured in any like movie that I've ever seen. It's almost like a Kevin Smith movie where it kind of like invents its own yeah. genre because like you have a character who's like so good at everything and he faces no consequences for his actions realistically and and that's it it's just a story <laughs> about this dude who has like the best day ever and like just gets into heaps of trouble and uh all of his actions affect the people around him way right more than it affects him he comes and into, that's kind of uh, weird like he has so many close calls where his he either is gonna see his dad or yeah um, yeah, just like so many unrealistic close calls, which is pretty fun. I feel like to me, that reminds me a little bit of some of what happens in like planes, trains and automobiles. And then like mm-hmm. some of like the Ed Rooney trying to get in the house really gives you home alone vibes where yeah, it's alone, like, like he's getting hurt. You know, he's trying to break in. The sister kicks him in the nose, like all well, this yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's like how many things can go wrong. Yeah. But also it's like a domo effect. Cause like once the first thing goes wrong, totally. it's like, you know, this and this and this. And yeah. This. So I feel like one of the most noteworthy things about this movie is kind of like the, the fourth wall breaks. Like Ferris yeah. is constantly talking directly to the camera. And I feel like, you know, now we're used to that more often, but I feel like this was one of the bigger movies to do that it, back in the right. 80s. Um, and that was part of the reason I liked the movie so much because it was so funny to like think of him addressing the audience like you were in on the joke. Yeah. I was trying to think of like, what are some other TV shows or films that you can think of that now kind of use that fourth wall break or like ones that you've liked over the years even? I thought I mean, of a few, but... I, you know, off the cuff, I, I feel like we we've seen that not used as much recently. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like it's it's not like a, a dying technique, but you don't see a lot of like characters talking to camera as much. Yeah, but, yeah, it definitely um, was used more, um, maybe in the nineties. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I mean like you know Fight Club has a few sequences like that. Yeah, um, I was thinking. I, I uh, never watched House of Cards, but House of Cards does that too. Right? Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, I have heard yeah. that. Um, High Fidelity is a big one. Um, mm. Deadpool, does he kind of do that? He kind of does it. Deadpool, Deadpool, he certainly does. As much yeah. he, Deadpool's like you know he's he's shattering the fourth wall, so right. to speak. Right. Um, definitely in the last couple of years, I would say if you get a chance to watch it, Fleabag does that, and it's really good. I watched the first episode of Fleabag and I couldn't get into it, but I want to give it you another shot. I would say give it another shot because yeah. the first season is just okay. I hear the second season's where it's at. Yeah, though. so the, by yeah. the by the end of the first season, you're like, oh, I'm on board, and right. then the second season is great. Second mm-hmm. season's so good, and then that's it; it's done. And yeah. there aren't I've, that many episodes. There's only like six episodes each season. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely recommend it. I feel like the first couple episodes of the first season are, are a little hard to get into. But once you do, yeah, then you'll start to think it's really funny and you'll start to like the characters more. Like her sister mm-hmm. is really awesome. Um, yeah, it's good. It's definitely good. Uh, Olivia Coleman plays her stepmom. Uh, or like, I do. I do really yeah. like Olivia Coleman. It's great. 
How can you not? She's you know? feisty and bitchy and yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, I was thinking, like, I feel like a lot of, like, UK shows maybe use the first, like, the talking to camera. Yeah. Or at least, like, like the in-betweeners uses it a totally, little bit. Totally, totally. Uh, sex education doesn't, but my brain keeps trying to tell me that it does. It I feel like it would <laughs> it would work if they wanted it to. It you could. Know? Yeah. I mean, in-betweeners uses it as, like, it's like a recap yeah. like, function. Where it's, like, at the beginning, but they, it's it's very much, like, having a conversation it's very conversational the way they do it do you feel like that takes you out of stuff or do you like that format because i i find that if if the characters are funny then i seem to like it because it is kind of like being included on the joke but then mm. sometimes it doesn't always work out i think uh one of the few i've written a bunch of like short stuff but one of the few feature length scripts that i wrote yeah uh, for, predominantly features the main character who has voiceover and addresses the camera at times. Gotcha. Um, and a- as someone who has like used that technique in their work, uh, I I have like a love hate relationship with it because once you're doing it, now you ha- you're strapped in, so you have to kind sure. of sure like, you can't just you like can't drop not it. have it. Yeah, well, you can't have yeah you can't not have it for too long because that's fucking weird. And then it's also um, it's a really good way of like progressing the plot outside of the action sure because you have a character that gets just gets to tell you like that the whole like oh everyone's like getting older we're moving on in school and stuff and Ferris right. Bueller, that 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 story only really happens through him telling us that's right telling us about cameron and how he's exactly like, yeah exactly so it's kind of like it, it's it, it's a good way of doing that it's also kind of cheap <laughs> um yeah. i think it really depends on how you use it sure you know? Um, so, so I think that when it's utilized well, and I think in Ferris Bueller, it works super well. Cause like you like that character so much, you just right. want to hear him tell you anything. Sure. So like it works. And I wish that there was actually more, uh, like examples of him with like an infograph happening on the side, like, yeah. on the side and him explaining the thing. Yeah. Like uh, Zombieland does that too. Totally. It's kind of fun yeah. in the beginning to have that like it's sort of reminiscent yeah like you said of like zombie land or even scott pilgrim like having stats of different sure. things yeah yeah I, I like that stuff yeah it is fun i um have you ever seen easy a with emma stone oh i don't think so so now that you've seen ferris bueller at some point you should definitely watch easy a because mm-hmm. um i think i think it's more of like it's like an homage to John Hughes films in general, but it mm-hmm. definitely plays. There's a lot of scenes where she kind of imitates or does some of the stuff that is in um, Ferris Bueller or, yeah. and she kind of like, she likes watching those movies. And so she references them a little bit about yeah. like, why can't dating be like this in this movie instead of how it actually is and stuff like that. But it's, it's a fun one. And she definitely does do breaking the fourth wall and talking to the camera occasionally so it's, yeah. it's kind of a fun one in more recent years i don't think that movie's that new but i'm trying to remember when that came out no i feel like easy easy it feels like it only came out a little while ago but that's impossible because yeah. emma stone's career is very oh, different it came out in 2010 so yeah so it's like a year after john yeah dead. so i think that it kind of was a little bit meant to be like that um, yeah. Like, I feel like some of the reviews when they came out for it were talking about how that was the intention was to be like, oh, man, we miss we're going to miss John Hughes. And so it was kind of like a fun way to reference that in some of the other 80s movies. Yeah. What? Uh, so 
what were some of the things like some of the standout either scenes or like fun noteworthy stuff that you really liked from this movie the the parade sequence is crazy yes. yeah so, <laughs> the like, parade thing is is dope to me hands down that's like the best and so i was doing a little bit of reading about that because i was like how mm-hmm. the hell did they pull that off um, yeah because they're not on a sound stage i don't think no they're right? not so i looked it yeah. up um and apparently they filmed it over the course of like two different saturdays and one of the saturdays was actually a legit parade sick and they <laughs> snuck a float in and filmed it and then really? and then the other saturday was all extras and apparently they did like a few calls on the radio for extras and they had like mm-hmm. ten thousand extras so i mean that's what they needed yeah. so there you go so it's yeah. pretty nuts and then um i guess they had already filmed the whole sequence of matthew broderick mm-hmm. running through all the backyards and jumping over the fence and stuff because he had hurt his knee so he said he like they were supposed to have this whole like dance routine on the float but because he had hurt his knee like jumping around already through all the yards he was just like just barely moving on the float that's funny um and that uh they said that you know like all the construction workers or like window washers and stuff like that those were just people that were working on the second saturday they weren't they weren't actually paid extras they just like heard the music playing and started, and started dancing. dancing and being crazy that's see, that's very cool. i was like that's pretty awesome but apparently like back then to get the rights to play twist and shout it was like a hundred thousand dollars to do that in the eight, in the 80s which i was like that's still a lot of money that's that's a ton of money it's yeah. a ton of money but i guess john that's... hughes was like a huge beatles fan but he had like some other songs lined up in case they didn't get that one Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't find out what other songs they were thinking of, but it was like, yeah, he was like really yeah. hoping they were going to get that song. And I was just like, mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> that's a lot of money. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that's got to be like one of the best scenes, hands down. Yeah. And then, you know, I really like the the sequence of him like uh, racing his parents home, yes. basically, and running through everything. Uh, another scene that I, I, I believe, I'd imagine, is directly inspired by that sequence is uh, in Spider-Man um, Homecoming. He, there's, a, oh, yeah. there's a scene where he's running through everyone's like backyards yes. and stuff because he's uh, going through the he's house. chasing like Vulture or something. Yeah, and right. it's like. It's very similar. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I love the, like, the he runs through the house and he's like, that smells good. And he, like, is in the backyard and he's like, dinner's ready. And he just, like, yeah, keeps Yeah, that's going. great. All that stuff is very cool. And yeah. when they do it in, in Spider-Man, it's it's very, yeah, it's very similar. Right. So, and then Spider-Man's also, like, Homecoming and even Far From Home, like the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Right. Is very much, like, I feel like inspired by John Hughes. I could see movies. that. Yeah, yeah. I never really and thought new, about uh, it, but totally. Yeah. And the new, um, the newest uh power rangers movie is definitely yeah uh, i still haven't Breakfast seen Club that i gotta check power that rangers. out yeah uh it's okay. <laughs> it's okay they're rebooting they're rebooting it already which is kind Again? of it's, interesting it's kind of good it's kind of good like yeah? it's honestly it's it's pretty good until they get to like when they're doing their mighty Morphin power ranger action ah. stuff in like the last 15 minutes and it's kind of lame okay right. but that means like all the talking bits and the characters are kind of cool okay isn't so. um isn't one of the actors in that the guy who plays Billy on Stranger Things? He is. He's the Red Ranger. <gasps> okay. He's good. I might be into that. If that doesn't, if that doesn't sell you, I don't know. No, that does. sells it. That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I was. I definitely like was never a person that was really into cars, but 
definitely it just looks super fun for them to be driving around this crazy that car is nice as hell yeah i don't know much about cars either yeah that's a cool car i mean i want to drive around crazy sports car like that just once <laughs> yeah i i like i was like oh can you just put a car in reverse and take away the miles no. like, i don't think that's how that works I mean, at all that kind of just shows they're high school kids so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that was funny but uh I know you kind of like you see the uh, whatever cinder block or whatever on the gas pedal and you're like, this is not going to work out, is it? This is this is yeah. not going to. No. <laughs> yeah. So uh, any other any other things that stood out for you on this watch? First time watch of a very popular movie. Um, not, not really. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like, I really dug it. I thought the goose were really good. It definitely, like, opened my eyes to, like, uh, kind of, like, a brand, like, this director's brand of cinema that totally. like, I haven't really seen too often. Yeah. Um, but I've seen, like, uh, replicated many times. Sure. Definitely. So it was kind of cool seeing, like, the real deal. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those movies where, I, you know, I, sometimes when I see older movies, like, like when I saw Terminator Two for the first time, like I got to see it in theaters, and then we did a podcast on it, and uh, I was like, I had the best way of seeing this movie. <laughs> but Ferris Bueller is just kind of like it would have been cool to have grown up with this movie as a part of my yeah, you know, film literacy. I would say that it was definitely part of the appeal because a lot of these movies I was watching when I was not yet a teenager. So it was kind of like these were the mm-hmm. movies you were watching for fun or you thought people were cute or funny or whatever. Right. Um, and it was kind of like showing high school age or just out of high school age kind of culture. So yeah. it's definitely that's an appeal for it for sure. But I like to think that, yes, definitely some of the uh, the type of humor and like the way it's shot, it, it's been reused over the years and it holds up. Yeah, it certainly holds up. I mean, it's it's a really fun ride. I think it has some like slow parts, sure, but definitely. it's not it's not a detriment. Like they they make sense. Like I think the the pool scene where Cameron's like kind of frozen. I'm like, I wonder why this is still here. Yeah, but like you have to you have to communicate that he's like dealing with grief, right? And, and it's his his uh, snapping out of moment. So totally, it is what it is, right? But yeah, but yeah, yeah, very nice. Cool. Any other uh, any other 80s flicks that you think you want to try and check out? Well, I was going to say, maybe we can take a break and then when we come back, we can uh, do the wrap up and maybe try and figure out what we want to do for the next yeah. one. Yeah. You want right. to do that? Sounds cool. good. So we'll be right back with, uh, if you want to find out what we're doing next time, stay tuned. And we're back with this icy, cold, cool take. <laughs> Uh, let's, uh, yeah, as, as Dee mentioned before we took our break, uh, what other 80 movies could I watch for the first time? <laughs> um, so you said you haven't seen Breakfast Club. I haven't seen Breakfast That's Club, so that one. could be an option. That's a big That's one. That's a big one. It would also be, you know, in line with what we just watched, but I right. feel like there are many other options. Uh, yeah. I've never seen, I don't know if this is an 80s movie. I don't think it's an 80s movie. I've never seen Gladiator. Oh. Uh, that's a good yeah, one. There's there's a ton of movies I haven't seen, so we don't have to just stick in the realm of, I mean, of 80s jammers. Gladiator's 2000, but it's still a good one. It's still 20 That's years right, ago. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, that would be a great one. And it's got some like pretty 
standout Joaquin Phoenix performances in it. That's what I've seen. I yeah. I would love to see him not be the Joker. Scary uh, face. He's he's great it. in Gladiator. Yeah, totally. He's great in all the movies yeah. he's in, even the really terrible ones about clowns. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's some good stuff. All right. I mean, I'd be into that. We can definitely. Uh, well, do you got other ideas? I'm not. I'm just. I'm throwing them out there. But you know, I know you we got to see what's streaming on what. Um, that's also true. Yeah, but uh, you know, listeners, if you have some some fun oldies but goodies that you're not sure if Robbie has seen, add us. Chances are I haven't. Chances, chances <laughs> are he hasn't. But yeah, a lot of you can uh, you can comment on our website when we post this podcast, or you can even comment on our Facebook. Or, yes. you know, send us an email if you want. Um, in, yeah, if you're into cool takes, yeah, let us know. Let us know. Because if there's some fun movies out there that we should be streaming and discussing. Um, I'm here for it. I've seen a lot of them, but I would be happy to do this with Robbie. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. If we can find one that we both haven't seen. That'd be cool. And a goodie. That'd be cool, too. Yeah. We'll see. I, I, I'd be interested in uh, what gems are still in the sand that Ooh. we haven't uncovered. What diamonds in the rough are now <laughs> out there for us? I don't know. Right. I haven't seen Heat. Heat could have been the one that we did together. But Heat was really good. I want to see. Yeah, Heat. I would. Uh, I would recommend it. It's got a very blonde and more reserved Val Kilmer performance. Mm. It's really interesting. You know, I've never seen a uh, Point Break. Oh, also. so good. All right, we could yeah. we could probably do Point Break at some point. I bet Mike. I'm making I'm making a little list yeah, right now. Yeah, a little list. Point Break yeah. is quality. It is Keanu Babe and Patrick. I mean, I Swayze do like uh, I do like um, Fast and the Furious. Oh, so. hell yeah! So I feel like I'd like Point Break. Yeah. I've never seen uh, I've never seen Ed Wood. Oh, I would like to watch that again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever seen uh, Speed? <laughs> I haven't seen Speed. <laughs> I feel like the first Wait, one. Have I seen Speed? The first no, one is really fun. I saw that when I was in middle school, and it's got. I was like, I've seen Crank. It's but got I a seen Speed. Uh, young Sandra Bullock teaming up with, uh, Ooh. you know, with Neo S- driving the bus. S S E B. Yeah, I like her. Yeah, she's good stuff. Um, I've never seen uh, X Men: Age of Apocalypse. Oh. I don't want to see I that. have. That's that's a goof. Uh, I hear it's bad. Did you end up watching Dark Phoenix ever? Yeah. Wasn't that good? That movie, that movie sucks ass. <laughs> I was trying That's to be a terrible. Movie. I was trying to be kind. It wasn't that good. No, it's terrible. yeah. It's not. I, I wrote when I wrote the review for it. I was just like, I have to tone down being a complete asshole about yeah. this movie because I hate it. I was it. super disappointed. I mean, it's not good. It had a lot of bad. good people in it, but still. No, that is true. But none of them wanted to be there, and that's <laughs> it, the it issue. It showed. <laughs> yeah. Um. They should have just done a cartoon. I would have liked that more. Probably would have been good. <laughs> DC does a really good job of doing like weird, like we did, you know, if Superman was born in Russia. We adapted that into, oh, I think that's like nice. Superman Red Son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they made that into a cartoon, oh, like a one-off cartoon yeah. movie. And it's like, you just watch that. I know. I used to love and the Marvel cartoon X-Men. That as much. So good. <laughs> you ever watch X-Men uh, Evolution? No. So X-Men Evolution was on, uh, I, I believe it was on WB on Saturdays. And it's like... It's like, what if the X-Men, like, took place in the early 2000s? Okay. And they're all, like, kind of emo teens. Interesting. So, but it takes place, so it's kind of like, it's kind of a, a, a similar example to what we're discussing with John Hughes movies, where it really is, like, 
X-Men but Breakfast Club because ah. it's very much dealing with like school drama yeah. and things like that and like, like a very, very based in the school people yeah okay. but they're mutants you know right. mutant stuff did it's you cool. ever read any of uh Runaways because that's a no that's a little bit like that too I only started getting into that I and really... then at the time couldn't get my hands on the regular copy so I kind of fell out yeah I but, really uh, wanted to read Run- Runaways, but it's hard to find the f- the first few volumes of it. And I yeah, haven't totally. tried watching the show because I really want to read it first. Right. No, I haven't watched the show because I was sort of like, oh, it, the comic is really good. So I kind of wanted to get Brian K. Vaughn writes that one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's he's the best. He's really like good. the best out there. Really good. Uh, now that I have my iPad up and running, maybe I'll just download it. Oh, that's cool. Because I can just do that. Yeah. My iPad is old and slow, but Kindle works on it, and I can download comic books. Very cool. So there you go. Nice. Yeah. All right. So we. So let's let's see. I, in my little list. Yeah. What's, your, what's your list for the listeners? There's Gladiator, Breakfast Club, Heat, Point Break, Edward, Speed. What do you think we should do next? Time? Uh, let's do Gladiator because it's just totally different right. from this. <laughs> we can always cool. go back to the '80s. <laughs> yeah. Why not? We'll hit it again. Yeah. That's fine. All right. Um, so, uh, anything else on on this movie or otherwise, D? I'm glad you finally saw it. I'm glad I finally saw it. I'll, uh, it's, it's good. I'll occasionally quote from it, and then I'll just remind you it's that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And maybe I'll try and rewatch uh, all the things I have for the past thirty years and be like, oh, it's from that. Oh, this is from that. <laughs> that's what I'll oh, be. This is from. Yeah, that. that's what I'll be interested in in finding out if you're occasionally like, I had no idea that was from that. Oh, okay. It happens a lot. When I saw Terminator 2, I was just like, God damn it. So many things. Yeah. And it's even worse. We were just like, I really like that thing. Yeah. And this is like the, the proto that thing. That is very true. You know? Yeah. It's weird. I know now why you cry. Yep. I know now why you cry. The thumbs up. The thumbs up was invented by Terminator 2. Perfect. And now I get it. It makes sense. All, All right. right. You got anything else for us? No, I think I'm good. Thanks for having cool. me. Me too. Thank you for having me. Uh, cool Takes is certainly not the only podcast to do on Story Screen. StoryScreenBeacon.com is a host of many podcasts, articles, and reviews. You can go on that website. You can buy a tote bag. You can buy a fucking t-shirt. You can buy a mug to put in coffee or booze. Yes. And nothing else. It only works for those two. <laughs> and that's it. Um, so please go on our website. Check out those things. Buy a thing. We also have a uh, members-only uh, subscription service, which I believe Cool Takes is on. Yeah. At. So our uh, our first episode of Hunt up, for the Wilder People is on there. Exactly. Subscriber um, only. Yeah, so if you are subscribed and listening to this, uh, you're already doing a great job, so thanks. Thank you. Please tell your friends. If you have friends who are really into movies and are cinephiles, don't call them that because in a court of law, it looks weird. But <laughs> you, can, you can share this podcast with them, and we appreciate it. Cool. Well, I'm Rami. I'm Peace Out Gang. I'm Diana. Bye. Bye.